Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas from the studio today by Craig Burley and Kieran Gibbs. We'll kick things off in the FA Cup. Impressive stuff from the defending champions where they made easy work. Uh, at Luton Town uh, beating them by six goals to two. Uh, two big headlines, really. Erling Haaland scoring five goals. Kevin De Bruyne with four assists. After the game, Haaland spoke about that connection with De Bruyne. It's natural, uh, and uh, he knows where I want the ball. Uh, look at my... Um, I think it's my second goal. I'm not even looking at him. I'm just looking straight forward because I know the ball's going to come there. So... Uh, so yeah, it's natural. I, I don't know what it is, but he's a special player and uh, it's a pleasure playing with players like him. If you could indulge me just quickly, what did you make of Erling Haaland for the first time? Uh, wow, yeah, yeah, he's pretty, he's pretty good, isn't he? We heard the voice there of Nadem Anua. He's with us, as is uh, Julian Laurent. Uh, Nadem, a big statement from City today. Yeah, you could say that. You could say that. I think um, in some ways, Luton probably played in City's hands with some of the man-to-man marking they had at the back. And City very much you know, had so many runners in this game today, more so than we've seen in other games. And I think it was perfect for their attacking line. But I think Haaland himself is somebody who gets questioned a lot when he's not scoring, when you see him missing those chances. But today, you know, to walk off the field with five is such a unique experience for him and you know, so few people. But it was a great performance, great assist by Kevin De Bruyne as well. And he managed to keep Roger on the bench rested and Phil Foden as well. So things are looking up for them, barring that sort of injury for Jack Grealish. It's interesting, Craig. He got five. He could legitimately have got seven today. Yeah, Luton played into the hands a little bit, but the story really isn't Luton Town. But when you leave that amount of space in behind, then you're going you're gonna to pay the, the, the ultimate price. At half-time, we sat here and, and, and I said, look, Haaland had a hat-trick, but what caught the eye was not the performance of uh, Kevin De Bruyne, uh, which was great, but watching him, you know, the eye test, how sharp he looked. You know, he's had these fitness issues, he's been back in the team, there's been some cameo roles, but, you know, he's getting up to speed and I thought tonight, albeit it was a weaker team, they were again, certainly in terms of, you know, where they are in the league, his sharpness, four assists is, you know, we, we all know De Bruyne will pick a pass. We know if you set off him and give him space, he'll, he'll nine times out of ten play the right ball. When you, but when you saw how sharp he was getting around the field, making those forward runs, to me, there is no doubt in his mind that he's just now focused on the second half of the season. And, of course, one thing plays into the other because when he is starting to get back to this form and fitness... These goal scorers that they have on the side, and he's the best one that they do have, but they've got Julian Alvarez, they've got Phil Foden, they've got, they've got Docker, they've got Grealish, they've got all these other people, but that's only a benefit to this front line. You know, when this guy's back fully fit, he's sharp, he's ready to go, and you're getting that type of performance out of him. Yeah, five goals, unbelievable. <laughs> but Kevin De Bruyne back in there, feeding the big fella, I think was what it was all about, really. How much did Luton play into City's hands today? <laughs> they did, they did, and I, I said it earlier. I, I commend them for for their efforts, and you know, it's 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 a double-edged sword because you give you give De Bruyne too much space, and he'll punish you. If you get too close to him, you know, he's always one step ahead, so he'll find the spare man, and they'll play between the lines. And I think that they just, you know, there were too many runners coming off of them, and where they were going man to man. As soon as it went up to Haaland, he laid it back. There was just runners everywhere. And then they just got picked off. Um, but, I mean, listen, they, they get away... If they play like that in the Premier League, which they have done for most of the games, probably 50% of the time, they'll get away with results. But more often than not, when you're coming up against a team like this, there's a reason why teams don't set up that way against Man City, because you're just dealing with precision of the highest order and accuracy 
um, you can't get near him. So, I mean, it's probably a, a lesson for him, but also he probably doesn't want to change too much the way he plays because then, you know, you set up a low block in one game and then the next game you go man for man. It might get a little bit confusing for the players. Um, so I think it was, you know, it was a little bit of a free hit for him today anyway. And he probably thought to himself, you know what, let's just go for it. Um, the main focus on, on for, for Rob Edwards, though, is, is staying in the Premier League for and, sure. And how did you describe Kevin De Bruyne in this game? I described him as the three-eyed raven. Three-eyed, three-eyed raven, raven, yes, which is a which Game we... of Thrones reference, apparently, in which you were educating myself and Craig We found that, that out eventually. Yeah, yeah, we got, we got there. Teach you, <laughs> we got there in the end. As much short as the cliche, one game at a time, we all know how massive March is for Manchester City when you look at their fixtures and you feel that Pep Guardiola and has just kind of babied nurse Kevin De Bruyne to this stage now, ready to unleash him, you feel, next month. Yeah, completely. And I, and I really believe that had De Bruyne played um, in the last few games, was already fit, let's say, a month ago, if Haaland was the same case and if he'd been scoring like freely for the last three games, I don't think they would have played tonight. I think he played them tonight because they needed much fitness. Mm. Maybe for Haaland, in Haaland's case, they just a little bit of confidence because he'd been missing a few chances and we saw that at Bournemouth at the weekend again. And I think this was just perfect. In, a, in an ideal world, he doesn't play them tonight, for sure. But I think he felt that this was a game that he needed to play in terms of getting that match fitness, for getting maybe some of the chances that he missed for Haaland, for KDB, just to get back to that kind of environment again. He only played a few minutes at the weekend. I think that, that was important. Otherwise, you don't play them in a game like this. And you probably don't even expect Luton to be so stupid and naive in the way they, 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 they set up tactically and the plan that they had, because I, you know we, we've been really kind on the show that it was stupid. And it's even, it's, it makes it even a perfect night then because of the, the game time that you gave to them too. The form that they had in that game is perfect, setting you perfectly for, for March and obviously April 1st, which would be the Arsenal game. One negative, Kevin, um, we saw, of course, Jack Grealish coming off just before the end of the first half, Nadem. Uh, Pep Guardiola is suggesting once again it is groin. Yeah, that's that's really not great at all. I think from a personal standpoint, you know, these guys, when they have to spend time on the treatment table and away from doing the thing which they love doing, that's obviously hard for them. But when it keeps reoccurring, that's an even bigger issue itself. And as the guys have been saying, this is such an important part of the season for them, not just because it's towards the end of the season, but the fact you're playing Liverpool's, you're playing Man United, you're playing Arsenal, you're in the Champions League knockout rounds. You know, this is a real significant time to be just missing so much football. And it is tough for him. He's just come back after being injured just a couple of weeks ago. And he's on the side now. How long will it take for him to come back? Will they be more cautious this time with getting him back? And when he does come back, does he now have the belief that he'll be able to stay on the field? You know, these are tough questions that are going to need to be answered by him and by the medical team. And yet it's a shame to see that happen for him because as well, he's a really big player for this City side, even though he hasn't been at his best throughout this season. Uh, aside from that, the treble is still very much... A possibility once again for Manchester City. You take a look, just a reminder of how things stand in the Premier League. Just two points separating the top three. Liverpool and Arsenal wouldn't have enjoyed watching that, Craig. Uh, no, but I think there's a bit of realism in terms of what Luton tried to do. Uh, and I don't think we'll see that from, from any of the others that are playing Manchester City, unless they just want to chuck it mm. uh, from the start. But they had a goal, and that's what they tried, and it failed. And I think it was obvious to everybody. But, look, we talk about the injuries, and, and I feel for any player that, that has recurring injuries or any injuries, but, it, but it's kind of part and parcel, and it's frustrating for, for Jack Grealish himself. And it is, I suppose, a little bit for, for, for Pep Guardiola, but I, I just looked at the subs bench again, and it's scary. And then we go back to the game we had yesterday, and you look at the injury list that Liverpool have. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's horrendous. What they've, what they've done, they've lost one player. Uh, potentially for another couple of weeks, maybe a month, I don't know. But it pales into insignificance to what Liverpool are facing, and that's obviously one of their title rivals. Arsenal not so bad at the moment. I mean, I've always said City can lose. Out of the three teams going, and I said this yesterday, you know, if Liverpool don't get those big players back and quick, four or five of them, they're not going to stay in this title race. You're not going to be able to do it with the Clarks, Dan's, O'Connell's as good as they did at the weekend, you're not going to be able to do it uh, with these guys. So if they don't get Sabozlai back and they don't get Nunes back and they don't get the others that are injured, Salah back, it's going to be a problem. And I suppose if Arsenal lose two or three as well, that's going to be an issue. The only side 
that can afford, in my opinion, to lose two, three, maybe even four, and you could still go, they're still the team to beat, mm. is Man City. So the Grealish injury is frustrating for the player, but in terms of the overall picture for, 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 uh, for this squad, guess what? De Bruyne didn't play the first half of the season. Haaland's had his injury problems uh, as well, so th they'll cope. Jack Grealish just has to figure out why this is, if it is the same, keeps re-recurring, what he's doing, what he needs to do differently, and, and take the required amount of rest, which is very difficult to do from a player perspective if you're going for an FA Cup, a Premier League, or, by the way, in the Champions League again. It is so frustrating not to force yourself back. Nathan, before you get that private jet from Luton Airport back up to Manchester, final thoughts from you? In the end, it was a very comfortable game. I think when it went 3-2, we thought, well, maybe this is going to be the grandstand moment for Luton. But then instead, City ended up being very, very clinical. A lot of bodies out there who've got a nice feel for it. I think Kovacic scored his first goal for City in England. I think he scored in the Club World Cup, which Craig loves. And, um, <laughs> and Haaland getting the five goals with their De Bruyne assists. I think for them, they're in a really positive state now heading into these big games. And even though they're not necessarily a title rival, I think a home game against Manchester United will always be big for Man City standpoint and I think according to how they play today they'll be feeling good heading into that match very much so Nadam as always uh, thank you very much uh, let's focus a little bit shall we on Manchester United away against a forest interesting we're hearing suggestions that after the defeat at home against Fulham some of the players asked for a day off they didn't get it did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike here's why that should change Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled, and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Well, it's very rarely you get two days off now in any working week as a footballer. And if they were asking for the Sunday off, they must have been forgetting they'd already had the Saturday off. <laughs> as they have done many times this season. Uh, Look, if this is true, this just cements the whole story at this football club. You do not... Like, when you're, you go in the dressing room after a game, right? And we all want days off. They don't met a man that works yet in any walk of life, in any business, that doesn't like and want a day off, right? But as a footballer, you're in the dressing room, and if the manager says you're in the next day, you're in the next day. Right. You don't go whinging. You might go to your mate and go, I can't believe we're in tomorrow. I can't believe it. You don't go asking for it if that's the case. Oh, do, you, do you mind if we have a... Come on. I mean, I mean, you do if you're winning. If you're winning, sometimes, yes. you know, the boys might come together and say, oh, we, we, we deserve a little day yeah, off. Yeah, do you remember Gaffer? You send the captain or, or, or we're coming a bit later, a couple of hours later, but not after you're losing at Old Trafford at home. To, I mean, listen, I don't know if... Any of this is true. I, 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 need, I need some more well, Let's evidence. get Jules. Jules is a journalist. He knows everything. Uh, Jules, where are these suggestions coming from? Yeah, no, I, I, I believe it's true. I, I also believe this is not the first time that something like that happens. I think there is... But we've said from the start of the season, there's clearly... It's not all perfect within that dressing room between Ten Hag and some of his players, especially, I think, the senior players, because this would only come from senior players. Young players would not 
come up and ask for a day off like that, like the boys have just explained, it's, it's rare in itself already. That could only come from senior players. I think there are issues there, which I think Radcliffe and the new people at the club are very well aware of. And this is just another sign that things are quite tense at times at the club and within the dressing room between Ten Hag and some of the players. The only ones that have been keeping, and that's true of what Jules is saying, there's no way in this world the younger guys are, are, are bowling in there, no. you know, kicking the door down going, hey, Eric, <laughs> Maybe Eric, Eric tomorrow off, son, come on, hey, get your pecker up, come on, tomorrow off, see you Monday. No chance, absolutely not a chance. So it, this is coming from seniority. And, and those senior players, most of them, have been the biggest wingers, have been the biggest disappointments, yeah. have been the poorest performers. And even within this little run United were on up until the Fulham game, which, you know, I think we all, most of us agreed, was uh, papering over the issues that they were having, which certainly didn't happen at the weekend. It's been the youngsters that have dragged them through it. It's been the Garnachos, it's been the Hoylands, it's been the Minu. It's been these guys that have sort of gotten them through, not the senior players, not the ones that are allegedly saying, hey, we need a day off, we need this. I mean, honestly, I swear, almost every manager I've played under, if that... If those words had come out in a dressing room when you are having the time that they are having off the back of a home defeat, I know managers that chairs would have been flying right. across that dressing room. A day off. We need to get in here. We need to get working. We need to be together. You know, I mean, come on, I'm sorry, but that just tells you all you need to know. And it's not a surprise. There's a bunch of guys in there, big earners, Big time Charlies, big Eds, think they're the big cheeses and they need to get them out. And there's going to cost a lot of money to Jim Ratcliffe and it's probably going to, possibly going to cost Eric Ten Hag his job and I don't think too many would argue with that. But he's part of the problem, but he's certainly not all of the problem. And this, this just tells you what they meant. Could you imagine, can you imagine City being in a, or Liverpool been in a bad run and somebody bowling up to Klopp or Guardiola and saying, hey, I think you're wrong here. We need a day off tomorrow. Uh, go and sit on the bench, son. You're not playing. Uh, Jules, it is, of course, a massive few days for Manchester United. Forest coming up tomorrow and then the Manchester derby at the weekend. They have hit a low, of course, against Fulham. We could be seeing that bar go even lower over the next few days. Yeah, it's massive. You're right. The next few days, remember, they lost a forest in the Premier mm. League where they were well beaten in every, every department, every status, everything. They were just second best in that game. If they were to be knocked out, obviously, of the last thing that they can win because there's no Europe anymore, there was no League Cup, they lost the title from last season. So this is the only chance of silverware that they have. And they're also chasing a top four finish. Top five, maybe, if England gets the fifth place for the Champions League next season, we're not sure yet. And that Fulham defeat showed again all the limitations that this team is having, all the problems, all the fragilities. I mean, the way they press, the way they defend, the, this team clearly still doesn't have the right direction. And I don't think that Ten Hag, uh, whether it's, it's either his message is not going through or his message is wrong. It's one of the two, because... You, when you see them setting up, especially in that Fulham game, where, especially in the first half, the first hour, they were all over the place. It was embarrassing to watch for a team like that. It's either he has the right message, but he just doesn't get through it, or the message is wrong and the players are just not directed in the right way. But if they were to lose at Forest and then to be beaten by City in a derby, which, to be fair to him, you know, he's had... He's had good results at times last season, if they were to lose those two games. I think already he knows that he's under massive pressure to keep his job. If there was two defeats in the next four days, I think he knew he'd be gone at the end of the season. I think the games at the IMM serves me. I think it's at the Etihad. It's at Man City. They've played at Old Trafford, yeah. have they not? Yes, it is. Yeah. They've played at Old Trafford already. I think as we sit here now, I mean, and, and this is not off the back of beating Luton 6-2, it's just the fact that, you know, City are setting half of the season. As I sit here now, it's difficult to put up an argument for this to be a contest. Now, we've had these discussions before, and primarily when Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was in there, and it's been a bit of a, a hit and run, isn't it? A, a, a smashing grab. Yeah. Uh, that could happen, but in terms of it being a contest, 
the way that they've been outplayed by, you know, the game down at Kenilworth Road, which they won, but they got outplayed for the most of it. The Fulham game at home, and there's been others. How do we put up an argument? Mm. How do we put up an argument that they're going to go there and have any, any semblance of control in this game? And if you don't have that control with these big stars back in the City team, they're going to pick you apart. So how do you put up a, well, I can see how City are going to win this, or I can see how City at United are going to get anything out of it. It, it is very, very difficult to do so. And I already think, and I don't have any info on this, but Ineos, Jim, Sir Jim Ratcliffe and all the people that he's hiring and firing behind the scenes and all these henchmen, they're watching not just results but performances. And, and Joe's touched on it. They're already got to be looking saying, if this is the most this guy can get out of this particular group, then he's not the guy either. So he's salvaging, he's fighting fires and I don't think he's going to be fighting them for too long. So a big game for Manchester United away against Forest in the FA Cup. Meanwhile, at home for Chelsea... An intriguing tie for them, considering what happened at the weekend, as they take on Leeds, who are doing really well in the championship at the moment. Mauricio Pochettino, speaking ahead of the Leeds game, wanted to clarify some of his comments after the Carabao Cup defeat. We'll first remind you what he had to say on Sunday, and then what he had to say today. The player feel, you know, the disappointment because uh, we were so close to, to winning the game after 90 minutes. And I think we we feel a little bit the the the... the I start to lose the energy and some players like Gallagher or, or Chile start to feel really, really tired and, and wish, you know, to maybe use different, um, you know, players to go in and, and, and help and we need to change uh, Gallagher after five minutes and then in the second half, when, when, the, when they start the second uh, 15 minutes, I think, uh, Chile and I think start to, the team to feel that maybe the penalty uh, will be good for us, should be good for us. But, uh, of course, um, but we cannot blame, we cannot say nothing. I think the effort was massive. And uh, I am I am happy with the effort. I think the effort was, uh, was massive. But I want to clarify, because sometimes people take my words and, and put in, 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 you know, using in, in not in the right context. I said, when you were asking me in the press conference, I said, maybe the player... And then, you know, when they start to feel that they lose the, the energy because we were tired, well, sometimes you think not to lose the game and, you know, go to the penalty. I said that, but we never settled the team to go for the penalty. Come on. We are brave people. We are brave, you know, uh, team that always we are going to go for the, to try to win in 90 minutes or after in, in extra time. But that is not to use this word because I say maybe, maybe, but always we, after the, before the extra time and the half, you know, time of the extra time, we always say, hey, come on, we need to go, we need to go. That is why we put offensive player, you know, to try to, to win the game. Regardless of what oh, we're saying. God, what a pile of mishmash. <laughs> I know. I mean, I've got a lot... Of, I, you know, I've got not, nothing against Pochettino. He's a, he seems like a really uh, likeable coach and, and, and quite a good coach. You know, he's not... He's not. I wouldn't say... He's, well, he's not got the, the CV up there with the top guys, but he seems quite a genuine, straight-up guy. But I, I've got a big problem. Look, the, uh, the playing for penalties, we can argue about that or whatever happened... The, the constant word he, he used there and has continued to use and he used it after the game that is really annoying me is tiredness, right? Because this is suggesting that the other side also were not tired. And if, the, and if, and if his side were absolutely out, out on their feet in comparison to Liverpool, then his side are not fit enough and that's on him. That's on his training, that's on his fitness staff, that's on his sports scientists. But please... Liverpool had to make changes early in the game because of Gravenberg. Liverpool had more problems. Liverpool have more problems within their current playing squad. Not in terms of what they're trying to build, of course. Chelsea try to build a new story. Liverpool are not trying to do that. But they've got way more problems in terms of the squad. And both were equally as tired. And, they had, and to reiterate this, they had a bunch of youngsters on that's barely had any high-level elite game time. And Chelsea did not. So I have a huge issue when it keeps talking about the tiredness because there's two teams out there. Luis Diaz, for God's sake, man. 
Luis Diaz could barely move at the end of it. So, so he was not, they were not alone. They were just, they basically, I wouldn't say gave up, but they just, almost it was akin to a boxer just throwing the towel in, hoping to get it on points at the end. See, I actually disagree. I actually disagree purely because I think from watching the game, I think the, the Chelsea players, because they're so young and they're, they're quite enthusiastic, like Conor Gallagher, for Conor Gallagher. He's 24. He's 24. He's not young. Bags of energy. Bags of energy. He loves to get up and down the pitch. I played with him at uh, West Brom. Um, I think he's a great player. But I think that a lot of the Chelsea players lack the streetwise football where sometimes if a game becomes a bit open, you, you need to sit in for five and get a breather. If you look at Liverpool's players, they always look calm and composed. If things get a little bit frantic, you'll see Van Dijk pulling in a few players and say, listen, let's yeah, calm down yeah. for a little bit. I don't see that on Chelsea. I don't, I don't see any players talking to the, the, the teammate next to them and saying, you know, listen, it's got a bit frantic. It's a cup final. Let's just sit for 10 minutes. They just, they blasted themselves trying to get the win because, you know, they were on top for it for, for a little bit in, 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 during that 90 minutes. Towards the end, man. And they definitely. just couldn't, they just couldn't score. And they just, I think they did run out of steam, but it's just because they're just young, right? It's just inexperience and they... But they made four subs. It was, it was Liverpool that were out in the feet after... With the last 20 minutes of this game... Liverpool could barely raise a gallop. Yeah. And then both teams had made subs and did make subs and Chelsea made four. Yeah. And, and they brought on pacey players. They brought on, you know, the young players. You know what I mean? So yeah, uh, that, that's the thing, isn't it, Jules? I think which kind of lets down Pochettino's argument is that those four players that, that he brought on, all with experience, all as Craig said, you would put very much in, in the quick category, made absolutely no impact whatsoever. Yeah, I agree. And I don't, I'm sorry, I don't buy the Chelsea young players like experience. Andrew Fernandez is a young player, won the World Cup. Caicedo was at the World Cup. Di Sassi was at the World Cup. I, I don't see any young players there with no experience. This is, this is not true. And the front three was Nkunku, Madweke and Mudrik. All who came on, all who were not tired, all who have experience, none of them is young. Madweke maybe, but he also played in Europe with PSV. He played for England, England in 21. This is not a lack of experience. This... This is very different to McConnell and Clark and Dan's. They have zero experience. They kind of never played with that first team. The others, I don't buy the lack of experience at all from an Enzo Fernandez or a Caicedo, for example. So I, I, struggle. I think Pochettino to try to rectify what he said after the game today makes it worse, really. And I think he only is, is answering all the criticism that he, he rightly received because it's not acceptable. Imagine if you're Bowley and Ekbali in the stands at Wembley and your team is on top and suddenly you see them stop playing and then your own manager, after you spend a billion pounds, saying like, yeah, we played for penalties. I mean, I mean, this is just not acceptable. I'm sorry, it's not acceptable. And he can say whatever he wants. I think he meant it, what he said on Sunday after the game. I think now he's trying to backtrack it because he saw how bad this all was. And again, rightly so. And again, today, if they, if they were not to beat Leeds to the, to the, yeah. tomorrow at home, this would be an absolute listen, disaster. It would be a car crash. Listen, you know, if Thiago Silva had been playing, and he, he wasn't available, he wouldn't have played anyway, uh, but had he been playing at 39, and they were in extra time, and he's absolutely knackered, and there's no alternatives, then I would absolutely understand if he had to drop on the edge of his own box, because he was basically screwed. Right, and, and at that age, you, I would imagine you would be at that stage in the game. And then that would drag everybody back, or it would potentially drag everybody back. But he wasn't there. Mm. It, 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 was, it was fit, strong guys, you know, in the back line. And I, I, keep, I keep saying this, I've been saying it since we did this final on Sunday. They seceded so much ground in extra time that it basically allowed these Liverpool, and I'm repeating myself for about the 55th time, it allowed these completely inexperienced players that Jules just mentioned to go out and enjoy the extra time in the cup final and feel that they were supposed to be there. Whereas what Chelsea should have been doing was getting at McConnell, was getting at Clark, was getting at Consa, was making this the most horrible, uncomfortable experience for them as youngsters, and that's what you do as a player, but they didn't do it. They, they all just sort of dropped off. And... I, I, I've got no, there's no rhyme or reason to why 
that last 20 minutes in normal time turned into what we saw in extra time. I don't think anyway. Moving away from the cup final now. If you're Leeds, you're loving this, aren't you, Kieran? Going down against a wounded Chelsea side. You're doing flying in the championship. Going there pretty much with a free pass. Chelsea win, OK, the Premier League, billion dollars, whatever. But you go there, you beat Chelsea. Makes your season even better. And then really amps that pressure on Poch. Oh, yeah. These are the games that you relish, especially, you know, when you're in the tier below. To prove yourself, test yourself against Premier League opposition. I think they're going to be really up for this. And it could potentially get even more messy somehow for, for Chelsea. The FA Cup's great. We love the FA Cup. Go to Wembley if you're a player. Final day of the season, 100,000 or just less. But for Leeds United, they're, they're bang in the middle of a potential automatic return promotion to the mm -hmm. Premier League. So this for them is absolutely the free hit that you talk about. Yep. They go down there, they play their stuff, they try and be cute and they try and give Chelsea a bloody nose. Middlesbrough did it at the Riverside, were unable to do it uh, at Stamford Bridge in the second leg uh, of the... Uh, was this competition? It was yes, the Carabao yeah, Cup. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, or was it the FA Cup? It's the Carabao Cup. It's the two-legs. It was the Carabao Cup. And uh, I had no need, no need to mention matters, but that just confused it. Uh, <laughs> but Leeds are a much better side. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so this game coming around for Pochettino... And listen, nobody... If Leeds were to knock Chelsea out, and, you know, it's not with, within the realms of possibility that that could happen... There is an absolutely not a sausage in hell chance he can come out and say, we were tired. <laughs> absolutely. It really doesn't matter. Is that a time. saying? Absolutely. That's tried to defend him. There's absolutely no chance. <laughs> what are you doing here, sausage? Absolutely no chance he can come out and say, well, we were beaten because we were tired. Because fans just don't want to hear it. More sausage talk on extra time. Uh, you can check that out over on our YouTube channel with Craig and Kieran. Staying late to answer Staying some later. Of I've never heard that in my life. Well, you have. You heard it tonight. Well, I have heard it tonight. Yes, indeed, sausage. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Uh, meanwhile, uh, let's talk about Kylian Mbappe. Uh, was, was booed as he was substituted 20 minutes into the game against uh, Ren. There we are. He came off. There were some boos. There they were. Uh, Jules, were they booing his substitution or booing him? This is what Luis Enrique had to say uh, about it. Uh, we must get used to playing without Killian sooner or later. I want maximum competitive next season, and I want every starting player in this PSG side to feel this is an opportunity for them. That is what I'm looking to do just for the season, but also for the next. Uh, Jules, just back to my original point. Were they booing him or booing the fact that Luis Enrique was substituting him off? Yeah, I'm not really sure because they didn't boo him when the team was, were announced at the start of the game because this was his first home match since he announced his, he was leaving at the end of the season. Um, and I think that's where we were, we were not sure what kind of reception he would get then. So for the substitution, considering PSG were 1-0 down, not that Kylian was very good at all. It wasn't for that hour that he played, hour and five minutes that he played. I think maybe the boos were more, why are you taking him off considering he's the best player in that team? 
But I, I guess what Luis Enrique, I mean, if you don't know Luis Enrique, Luis Enrique takes no prisoner. He does his own thing. He doesn't care who you are, where you're from, even more now that he knows that Mbappe will be leaving in the summer and that for next season he won't be there. So that has given him even more license to do what he wants, including not starting him the weekend before, for example, in the league where Nantes, where we were all a bit surprised and he just said, well, you know, he's played a lot. So there's nothing wrong by putting him on the bench. And at this time, taking off after an hour, which never happens, and that probably has never happened so early in the game, unless there was an injury in Kylian Mbappe's career. And him just saying, well, yeah, you know, we need to get used to playing without him because he won't be our player next season. So this is what I'm doing. And we don't know what to expect now. I, I think, I guess he would start in the Champions League game next week in, uh, against Real Sociedad in San Sebastian. But then clearly he might not start at the weekend in the league. We really don't know what, what will happen. And we don't know... On the other hand, as well, what kind of relationship him and Luis Enrique will have and what kind of impact that could have on, on PSG's season. So it'd be very interesting to follow. It's it seems... wasn't the fans booing. That was me booing from here. Oh, really? You were booing him? Anything involved in <laughs> Mbappe these Mbappe days. Just with... I thought how I've squeezed it into this show today, to be quite honest with you. Well, Pete, Pete was excited about the boos. Producer? Uh, just one last thing. This all seems quite counterproductive, doesn't it? Because as much as you say, well, we have to learn to play without Mbappe, next season you have an Osman in or a Rafael Liao in, shut up, Liao in to, to kind of make that difference. Yeah, but for example, there's a good point to be made that Mbappe loves playing on the, on the left wing to come inside and etc. We know that he doesn't really, he's not that keen on playing number nine. And what Luis Enrique has done is to play him number nine to be able to develop Bradley Barcola, who's a young player that PSG invested quite a lot of money in the summer on, who can only really play as a left winger in, in his, this is this is his game and he's, he's way too young to start experimenting with him and playing in different positions. So you could you could look at it and saying, well, to to get Barcola a lot of experience this season so he can be ready next season and be even better, then we play him in Kylian's position. You move Kylian centrally because even if he doesn't like it, he's still good there. But so, so maybe Luis Enrique had this plan all along and maybe in a way he, knowing that Kylian was very likely to leave in the summer, that he already prepared in his mind players for next season, like a Barcola, maybe like a, one of the two midfielders that had been playing on that kind of left-hand side too. Uh, maybe even who played at left-back, whether that was Lucas Hernandez or Beraldo, Nuno Mendes is coming back now. So maybe this is all part of the plan. I, I don't know. You're right, it's, it's hard to tell because the squad will be different next season. So you're preparing some of the players, but who knows where they will be next season and who's going to be in, their, in the squad. Oh. But well, I, well, think, I, I thought we didn't think you wanted to talk to about there. it. Now you're dragging it out. Just waving, I've, I'm, I'm surrendering. Right. <laughs> right. Throwing the towel in. Yeah, right, come on, get on with your points. Do you what have point? a point? I don't have a point! Well, why are you waving that then? Because I'm giving up! <laughs> right. Mbappe, uh, so I'm going. Right, I'm going. Get my mic off. Mbappe, be sure to check out the latest edition of the Gab and Jules podcast, uh, which will drop on Thursday. What was my point? I don't know what you're talking about sausages again. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. 
Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. We're at the final round of group stage matches in the CONCACAF Women's Gold Cup. And a big surprise as the U.S. would lose 2-0 to Mexico. Here's Alex Morgan. This is a rivalry that you guys have seen for so many years, but to kind of see CONCACAF raise its level, what does that mean to the U.S. national team as well? Yeah, I mean, not only CONCACAF, like the whole world is um, continuing to raise their level. It's helping with all the leagues around the, around the world, um, and uh, Mexico is definitely a product of that with their league. So um, just, yeah, CONCACAF is, is not what it was. Um, 14 years ago, I think, when we had our last loss to Mexico. Uh, the Mexican press loving it, as you can see. Um, I can translate these ones. Uh, love you, Mexico. Uh, historic win, historic win. 2-0. Uh, uh, let's welcome in, shall we? Jules is still with us. Uh, Sebi joins us as well. Sebi, it's interesting. Alex Morgan saying CONCACAF isn't what it used to be. Or is it the U.S. women's team isn't what it used to be? I think it's more the U.S. women's national team is not what it used to be, Dan. I'm very excited to talk about this Mexico program. We can dive into that later in a bit. But let's not forget, this is a Mexico team that didn't qualify for the last World Cup, despite the fact that the qualifying tournament was in their country. So this is, and it was an expanded World Cup. This is not some new world powerhouse that we're talking about in Mexico. They didn't make the 2019 World Cup either. And the reality of what we saw last night is that the U.S. didn't just lose this match. It's not just a bad result. It's a desperately bad performance. They got outplayed every metric, not just the 2-0, um, outshot, more shots on target for Mexico, more expected goals for Mexico, 9-1 to one edge in corners for Mexico. We have seen the U.S. lose to Mexico before. In soccer, anything can happen. We have never seen the U.S. get played off the field like they did last night by a team like Mexico that's not anywhere near the world elite. Uh, given the form from the U.S. women since the World Cup, Jules, not really a big surprise. Mm, maybe not. It's, it's a sh massive humiliation, though. It's an embarrassment, really. I mean, Alex Morgan said, I said 14 years since they last lost against Mexico. And like Sebi said, it was just, it's not the fact that you lost because you can play well and somehow lose. It's the fact that they were second best in the whole game from start to finish. And if we all thought that the World Cup was a warning and was like the time for the U.S. women national team to realize and the whole program, not just the players themselves, but the whole program to realize that maybe the margin that they used to have before is just not there anymore, that not everybody, not just everybody caught up, but everybody has overtaken them. Well, a lot of teams have overtaken them. This is, and you thought they would have learned from what happened at the World Cup. Clearly not, because there were times where maybe Technically, they were the same level to the opposition, but physically, they were always stronger. They were always better. And that would, that would be enough for them to win and make a difference. That's not even the case anymore. I think, I think they should look at themselves properly in the mirror and start again from scratch pretty much because there's too many things that are wrong currently with that team. Well, they can't do it now. Obviously, they're still in this tournament, Seb. What are the expectations now mm -hmm. going into the knockout stages? Yeah, I mean, this is a massive defeat because it totally changes the, the path to a, what we have to say now is a potential final. You know, this is a tournament that U.S., you could just forget penciling them in. You could sharpie them into the final. Uh, but now I think it's probably going to be Colombia in a quarterfinal, maybe Canada in a semifinal. And they're really going to have to find what works. And, and you can look at each line of the American setup and see very serious questions. The names that started last night, Dunn, Sauerbrunn, Dahl Kemper. I mean, these are staples for a long time of the American back line. They left a lot to be desired. The number one goalie, Alyssa Nair, uh, was not her best uh, at her best against Mexico. The players in attack, the fact that Lindsey Horan, Rose Lavelle are pulling the strings. You got Sophia Smith, one of the best players in the NWSL, along with Trinity Rodman and Lynn Williams up top. You had 60% possession, and you got two shots on target 90 minutes against Mexico um, is wild. And to your point before, um, it's, a, it's a little bit of a surprise because it came off two good performances in this tournament. But it's the exact same script that we saw in the World Cup. Lots of the ball and very little to show for it. Not just in the ability to finish, but in the ability to create. And if they don't figure that out, um, forget, about, forget about the semis or the finals of this tournament. They may go out in the quarters because if they do draw Colombia, um, let's not forget, that's a Colombia team that went further at the last World Cup 
than this U.S. team did when they got knocked out in the round of 16. Uh, we'll say thank you very much to Jules. Thank you to Seb. He's got lovely hair today. Uh, you can check out more from Seb on the latest edition of uh, Football Americas. Uh, that drops on Thursday. Uh, much more, I'm sure, of a post-mortem of what we saw from the U.S. or what we didn't see from them in that defeat against Mexico. Uh, that's it. That brings us to the end of uh, today's show. Be sure to stay tuned, though, as the boys are chomping at the bit. Very excited uh, to answer your questions on Extra Time. Uh, be sure to stay with us. Welcome in, then, to the latest edition of Extra Time. Craig, it's last day before he goes on holiday. Yeah, that, was, uh, that Extra Time... And the Blackburn game. Right. Just, just giving me less time to prepare for my flight to Alabama. Oh, what, 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 I'm sorry about that. I'm sure everyone really cares. I do. <laughs> got a lot of stuff. Right. It's me, 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 me. I'm not yeah. okay what you think. Yeah. I got, th I got stuff to do. Yeah, you're a busy man. Yeah, I'm a very busy man. Meanwhile, speaking of busy man, it was interesting because we covered the City Luton Town game today. Kieran took a phone call just as it kicked off. Very serious conversation going on. And it was all about your fantasy no, team. No, no, yes, no. Yes, it was. Do I don't care. You're going to blow my league. What you're do you mean, blow, blow your <laughs> It's pathetic that you've yeah. got to have somebody ring you and tell you what to do. I don't do you... think it's any secret you're clueless at it. <laughs> Particularly when what are you doing? Why can't you do it yourself? Now all my friends in the league are going to see. Well, where are you? The league? You're bottom. They don't yeah, give us stuff. Bottom of the league. They couldn't get second they don't, to bottom. Hey, wait a second to bottom. They couldn't give us sausage in hell. <laughs> <laughs> but, but why are you cheating? Why have you got need a, a bit of extra hand because there's all of these different triple captain rules and stuff like that. It's not that complicated, Kieran. That's why I give up. Well, no, you, you can be bothered. I don't think it's time-consuming, needless. And so, who was the person that you were on the phone to? I can't reveal that. His mate, it was, yeah, your fantasy football expert. It's, Did you ever have a telepathic link-up with a fellow player like Kevin De Bruyne and Harlan? That's smart. That's a smart aleck question. No, I don't think it's a smart aleck question. No, but, but I think if you've I... got a good player that makes yes. good runs, so yeah. I give you, as a midfielder, I give you an example. But there was few. But one that sticks out would be Henrik Larsson at Celtic. Yeah. Somebody that makes really good runs is it's much easier for a midfielder to know where he's playing that ball. But I mean, I'm not. I don't think Erling Haaland necessarily makes the greatest runs in the world. But Kevin De Bruyne would certainly be yeah. picking out. Like, Harlan picked up that second goal, he didn't he? Where he said he didn't even have to look. He knew the ball was coming. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it looked like he looked like a relay runner. Yeah. That, that was kind of just set and ready to go. Didn't not even check his shoulder. He just knew it was going to be in front of him. The only person, the only player I ever could do that with was Santi Pizzola. Right. Uh, he had that with most of the players. It, it was kind of like everyone just knew, you know, how accurate. Left foot, right foot. He could turn so quickly, and you, as soon as he opened, as soon as he opened up and looked up, you could just run, and he would find you. What's it like, like for example, his first day of training when he arrives? The boys are looking around, going, "Oh wow!" Yeah, it was it was a masterpiece. I mean, he, most players that I've played with that played with him will tell you that he was the best player that they played with. Like, I've seen many players um, that I've played with while I was there and all of them have said that he was the best player and there were some pretty good players, yeah. right? So, yeah, he was phenomenal at that. Phenomenal. To Craig, Manchester City will beat United over or under three goals this weekend? Over. More by, more than a three-goal margin? Uh, sorry, who, who beat who? So Manchester City will beat United over or under three goals this oh, weekend. All right, I thought I'd heard that wrong when I saw the surprise in your face. No, so you think it's, they're going to beat them more by more than three goals? But Man City are going to beat my United by more than three? Yeah. Is that an outlandish... Uh... No, no, it's not an outlandish, but well, you're well, very Why have you got that kind of silly look in your face? Well, it's, it's an inquisitive look, because well, I think it's quite... An... Go... <laughs> really? Yeah, I, I, I think really. What? What under look? What? Well, Man City will beat United. Oh, no, no, I, no, I think he gets it. I don't think you need to explain it to <laughs> Mark calling Austin, come in, Austin. <laughs> so it's not that hard, so answer it then. I've just answered it. <laughs> I think it'll be more than three. Uh, over. Over three. I think it'll be over. Right. Hey, the fact that you looked at me with this glacic look. Yes. Scottish word. Yeah, Sorry, look it up. Um, it's kind of daft, stupid right, look. Daft, stupid look, yes. The fact that you looked at me went... Yeah. To Manchester. Man United. I mean, 
Luton could have had four or five of them. Fulham could have had four, uh, four or five of them at, at, at uh, Old Trafford. And we're talking about Man City here. <laughs> Hold on, let me see this. <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. Do you think they'll last for the day off? All right, after? I understand it now. Do you think they'll last for the day off after? <laughs> United, bro. Oh, well, God knows what it is. Who is an old school striker who was on the same level as Haaland, physically wise? Karen? <sighs> an old school striker. Drogba? Yeah. That kind of big, strong. Yeah. I would say Drogba, but from my, from when I, who I played against. Yeah. Guys, I played with Mark Hughes. Yeah, right. And which people may not associate necessarily with his um, striking ability, but the way he holds up the ball. Well, because people think Marcus is a manager. Like, from another generation, they may not be aware of how good he was. Football on the start of 92. <laughs> yes, but some people weren't even born in 92 or are watching, so I'm just trying to put it into context a little bit. <laughs> I was helping. Man United, Barcelona, Wales. Yes. Yeah, no, I, yeah, exactly, yes. People only started in 92. Oh, that's not the point. The point is most people associate with Mark He's one of the best strikers. As a manager, and I was just saying, just putting it into context, for people who don't know, most it was people, a very good striker. people just utterly stupid. <laughs> just because you don't know something. I don't know. It's like, uh, the other one would be, that you could argue if he was a natural, well, he was a natural striker who ended up going back to play sweeper in most other places. But you talk about physical, right? Uh, Rude Hullet, you talk about a guy who was World Footballer of the Year twice. Mm -hmm. At 34, when he came to Chelsea, when I could, I hated to see him at 25. Oh my God, he was probably quicker than Haaland. Right. Definitely more talented. There's no doubt about that. You know, probably as strong, if not stronger. I mean, it's incredible, absolutely incredible. Horrible manager. <laughs> Horrible manager. Heck of a player. I mean, Mark Hughes. I get sparky. If you haven't explained to, to people who he is. Not everyone's 55, are they? I'm not, not, I'm not 55. <laughs> you'll, get, you'll get 55 knocks in the head in a moment, I'll tell you that. Right, Grandad. Did Craig ever consider coaching? No. Can't stand it. No? No, never. Never. Never, ever, ever, ever. Never. And once I start doing this job, and what's interesting, when we bring this up, you get a little touchy when we say that you wouldn't be that good at it. Because you think actually you could you could, yeah, you could do a job. Well, well it's a bit like saying It's a bit like saying you are how would, right, I know I've got a fixed kid. Yes. How would you describe me in here? Fourth uh, well, apart from forthright? Bullish. Brutally honest. Yeah. Yeah. Very much I'd say the alpha in the room. Right. When I go to the golf. When I'm aware of the people at golf and that, do I change? Yes. Right. Yes, you do. And my argument is against Stevie's, he reckons I'd be in a dressing room like a bull in a china shop. Yes. Yeah. Going round, screaming and shouting, I really want to fight with someone. I've been in dressing room, I understand how it works. Mm -hmm. And I know you would I know you would have to change. Uh, so that's why I don't think I'm not saying I would be I would be great or I wouldn't be great, but I would definitely I understand you need to change, particularly in and even more so in this day and age yeah. than, you know, 15, 20 years ago. So I, that's why I kind of like, listen, I get it. You know, you can't go in, you know, just bashing everybody out of the way when you don't get what you want. But I've never really, I've never really been interested. And in fact, I think it's, it's even more of a, you know, 24-7 job than it's ever been. Right. And I don't see the appeal. And I think once you start doing this, it is, I think, personally, it's my opinion, it's always dangerous to try and go off and try it and then come back. I, I, and I know people have done it. I just don't see the point in doing that. When you were playing with the likes of, of Mark Hughes and Clark... I never saw Mark... No. Did you see them as managers? As not really. Not really. But then, I, obviously, Clark, he went into... Stevie Clark, the current Scotland coach, went into coaching quite early with Rude. Rude took him to Newcastle. Yep. That was ill-fated up there when when he fell out with Shearer and Duncan Ferguson and blah, blah, blah. And Clarkey was probably collateral damage. But then he, Mourinho took him he back in. He made his name at Chelsea, didn't he? Chelsea. Yeah. And he got to West Ham. He was at West Ham with Gianfranco Zola, blah, blah, blah. And he's been around. But I never really saw that with Stevie or Sparky but, or Mark Hughes. But you never... You, n you never really know. I mean, I didn't see Zola. If you'd have said to me, Zola, we're going to be managing West Ham, and I said, 
no chance. So I kind of think you, 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 just, you just never know. With Arteta, did you know? There's some people you do know. Right. But there's a lot of people that you don't know. I right. didn't think that Jack, I didn't think that Jack Walsh would go into coaching. Right. Um, but Mikel, I knew straight away. Yeah, that it, yeah. it was clearly he's going to be a coach sometime. Yeah. And what about you? Did you ever fancy? <sighs> it would have to be like, I would have to be fully committed. You, you have, I mean, well, you, can you have to be fully, fully, <laughs> fully You're a busy man, Kieran. You've got a lot on. And, uh, You've got Briggs doing your fantasy team. You're so busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't even do hey, my fantasy. He'd, he'd ring his mate <laughs> up and say, <laughs> who shall I pick in a week? Listen, I'm struggling for a back, like like back four. It's not playing so well. What do you think? Back four or shall I go to your back three? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we're talking during the penalty shoot. Did you ever have to take a pen in a shootout? Yes, I did. Which one? I took a penalty, I took two, only two. I took a penalty for West Brom against Aston Villa in the second leg of the semi-final playoff. Take us through it. Scored. Oh. Bottom corner. We had to see. And then <laughs> for England, under 21 European Championships yep. against Sweden in the semi-final. Same again. Yeah, scored. Slotted. Yeah, no, no, no problem. I think I'm down the middle though, Burley. No. No down the middle. Nah, it's, it's not that clever. For the guys, this weekend we saw two veterans score goals to clinch wins for their teams. Van Dijk for Liverpool and Modric for Real Madrid. Do you think this shows how important experience and steadiness are to a team in clutch moments? Absolutely. Yeah, it's always great to have that experience of, you know, knowing what the job is and a calm head and, and all those sort of things. And all the best teams have them. It's... it's the famous Stevie's old colleague Alan Hansen back in the day you'd never win anything with kids yep. and then the kids won of but it wasn't all kids at United at that but it was a good deal of experience as well yep. so so yeah I mean it's hugely hugely invaluable yeah who, who, I agree who when you were at Arsenal left that you felt left the biggest hole when it came to the leadership so it came to the experience <sighs> I think I think probably the biggest impact was Cesc right. when he left to go to Barcelona, yeah. Because, you know, he was one of the best midfielders in the Premier League at the time. I mean, if not the best. Mm. Um, and his leadership skills were, were excellent. From for everyone, he could relate to everyone in the dressing room. There was no one that couldn't speak to him. Um, and he was young, so he could relate to a lot of the young, young players at the time. The boys loved him. That was a tough one to take when he left. Craig, were you ever close to a move to the continent in your playing days, like your Scottish teammates Paul Lambert and John Collins? Yeah, I believe there was some Atletico Madrid talk and, and uh, Benfica at, that, at one point. Really? Yeah. That was when Graham Souness was uh, at Benfica, which there was quite a few British players went over at the yeah. time. I'm not sure who was at Atletico at the time. I was at Celtic flying, but the other, most of it was the UK. And then at the end, I had a chance to actually, when I was sort of uh, coming towards the end, and I was, I had, a ch I had a chance to go to the US. I think it was Colorado. Oh, really? And I had another opportunity to go to Russia. Oh. Yeah, with Ravinelli. Yeah. Sort of his people were sort of sorting that. But it never, none of that ever really came to, to fruition because I never pushed it. Right. But I, I, looking back now, you know, looking back now, because I've been in Scotland, England going north and south, but looking back now, if, if I had the chance again, if you said to me, you could go to Atleti and they, that was the choice, looking at where, you know, that the passion that club has, yeah. I would have gone there. Yeah. I'd have loved to have been able to go there and play for a couple of years. That's the most of Spanish. Yeah, you'd enjoy this. Karen? Imagine Bali learning Spanish. <laughs> I listen to this thing every day in the car when I'm going home. What's it called? Uh, do you Not Rosetta Stone. <laughs> Something else. Um, what about you? A move to... Anywhere. Oh, anywhere. I nearly went to Turkey. Did you? I nearly went Galatasaray. to Turkey. Galatasaray. It was between uh, Galatasaray and Fenerbahce. That was when you went to West Brom instead? It was actually before I went to West Brom, but it was also before I went to Miami as well. Right, OK. Yeah. But I decided... I decided Miami because, you know, I liked the idea of the project that was going on, new club, you know. What's funny? <laughs> the project. What's funny? <laughs> you and your project. Could you hear the laughing in the background? Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> You've made, I tell you what, they've, in our gallery, they think this is a comedy show. Uh, final question. 
How many points does City need from these next five league fixtures to realistically remain in the title race? Wow. Okay. United at home, Liverpool away, Bryant away, Arsenal at home, Villa at home. Was that five games? Yes. To remain in it? 11 or 12? Yeah. yeah 12. 12? Four wins out of five? Yeah, at least, yeah. 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 Um, okay, I think that's it. Craig, have a lovely time. I will. Enjoy it. All right. It's <laughs> in an aggressive way. Craig gets to the airport Quiet. three hours early. No, I'm not. I'm getting picked. Well, I'm getting in early, but that's because I'm going with a bunch of old geezers. No, that's it. You are the old geezers as well. Huh? I'm early. the young one. You're your boarding pass I'm, out. I'm the, my boarding pass is on my uh, Apple wallet. None of this printing out. That's for the nickels of this world. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Nichols cut his head open. We'll tell you more about that story tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> ESPN FC will oh, have well, uh, Stevie and his bloody head. Uh, Kieran and Shaka will be joining us as well uh, for the next edition of the show. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric E-Bikes. They're the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled, and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C, ebikes.com.